RTHK, the news at one with Andrew Shirovsky. The top stories. The mainland will stop requiring inbound travelers to go into quarantine from January the 8th. Ukraine's president says nearly 10 million people still have no electricity and dozens of people die as a result of extreme weather conditions in the United States. The National Health Commission says the mainland will stop requiring inbound travelers to go into quarantine starting from January the 8th in a major step towards easing the curbs on its borders, which have been largely shut since 2020. China's management of COVID-19 will also be downgraded to the less strict Category B from the current top level, Category A, as the disease has become less virulent and will gradually evolve into a common respiratory infection. Medical sector lawmaker David Lamb welcomes the news of quarantine-free travel with the mainland, but he cautioned that while the mainland will be dropping quarantine arrangements for positive cases next month, Hong Kong should still keep PCR tests for international travelers and isolate positive cases. If they do not get a PCR test from overseas before they come to Hong Kong, and if we do not test them at the border, that means no test, which is a bit hazardous. So the test at the border is kind of a first test to make sure that all those who enter into Hong Kong are relatively safe. But if we do away with that test altogether, then we are really opening the door too widely. Dr. Lam says travelers from the mainland should be asked to get a negative PCR test 48 hours before they come to Hong Kong. He noted this has been the arrangement for some time and it's proven to be safe. The deputy director for the, of the Society for Community Organizations, Si Lai Shan, says many families are looking for the border to reopen. She says if there were to be a quota system to start with, the more people allowed, the merrier. Many of the families we help are looking forward to a quarantine-free travel. There are many types of families. Some of them have elderly parents on the mainland, some with chronic diseases. Others need to go back to deal with their one-way permits. There are other families whose members have become Hong Kongers already, but they live on the mainland and travel across the border for school and work every day. The border closure has affected their livelihoods a lot. Lawmaker Doreen Kong says it's time for the government to scrap all the COVID measures, including the mandatory face mask rule, vaccine pass, and social distancing rules. The legislator says the anti-pandemic measures in Hong Kong should be in line with those of the mainland or or may create what she calls controversies when quarantine-free travel is resumed. There are still quite a lot of mainland Chinese who haven't got vaccines. So are we saying that we would forbid them from entering Hong Kong? Or even if they enter Hong Kong, would we impose certain kind of social distancing measures or use vaccine pass? If that is the case, I think it will create some kind of controversy or conflict with mainland Chinese. Overseas now, the Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says 9 million people in the country remain without electricity as a result of repeated Russian attacks on the national power grid. In his nightly video address, he said authorities were already looking to the future. I've held a special meeting with government officials regarding the situation in the energy and infrastructure spheres. We're preparing for the next year, and not only for the winter months. There are threats that we have to eliminate. There are steps that need to be taken, and the state will definitely take them. 
Dozens of people have died across the United States as a result of extreme weather conditions. The city of Buffalo in the state of New York has been the worst affected by the storm. At least 27 people have died there and more bodies are expected to be found as cars are dug out of deep snow drifts. Patrick Hammer is a meteorologist in Buffalo. This is by far the worst blizzard I have ever seen. A blizzard where you have a winter storm with no visibility, severe cold, and heavy snow for a long duration. I'm about 15 miles south of Buffalo, near where the Buffalo Bills play, and there is about two and a half feet of fresh snow that fell on Christmas Day alone. This is on top of snow that we had already had in the season that led to this. And the weather, fine and dry, moderate to fresh east to northeasterly winds, occasionally strong offshore and on high ground. The outlook, mainly fine and dry the rest of the week. The temperature difference between day and night will be quite large. Currently, it's 19 degrees Celsius, relative humidity 59%. You're listening to RTHK. The time is five minutes past one. Severe flooding in the southern Philippines has left 13 people dead. Tens of thousands of people have been forced from their homes. More than 20 people are missing. Flash floods triggered by the heavy rains were concentrated on the southern island of Mindanao. South Korea's president says he'll strengthen the country's military and surveillance capabilities after North Korea flew five unmanned drones into the South's airspace yesterday. Young Suk-yeol said the incident showed his country's military readiness and training had been lacking. After Pyongyang's drone incursion yesterday, the government in Seoul responded by scrambling fighter jets and attack helicopters. The European Union has called for maximum restraint in Kosovo as tensions between the government and Serbia intensify. It called on all sides to contribute to a political solution. Ethnic Serbs in northern Kosovo have set up roadblocks to demand the release of a former Serbian police officer. Here's the BBC's Guy Deloni. After weeks of escalating tension between Serbia and Kosovo, the sabre-rattling is louder than ever. Belgrade has placed troops on high alert, following media claims that Pristina is preparing an attack on majority Serb areas in north Kosovo. The government in Pristina has made no comment about the allegations, but it's previously accused Serbia's president, Aleksandr Vucic, of playing games to stir up trouble. The European Union has been attempting to mediate. It's calling for the leaders of Serbia and Kosovo to personally contribute to a political solution. A report from the British-based charity Christian Aid says extreme weather, driven by climate change, has cost the world billions of U.S. dollars this year, as well as killing and displacing millions of people, particularly in the poorest nations. The BBC's Kat Wiener reports. Ten disasters, including the floods that devastated Pakistan in June and Hurricane Ian, which struck the United States and Cuba in September, each cost more than $3 billion. But Christian Aid says the cost of climate disasters cannot be measured in money alone. It cites East Africa, where a severe drought has pushed tens of millions of people to the brink of famine, while floods in West Africa killed 600 people and displaced a million more. It says such events underline the importance of the financial support agreed at COP27 for people in developing countries suffering huge losses from a climate crisis they have not caused. And to sports. After a 43-day break, the English Premier League was back last night with plenty of goals and plenty of drama. In the late kickoff, Arsenal came down from a goal, came from a goal down at halftime. They beat West Ham 3-1 at the Emirates Stadium. Mikel Arteta's side are now seven points clear at the top of the table.
It was a very single action where um, they attack an, an open space. We did defend the direct play um, well enough, and from there the referee made the decision to to award the penalty. But I think the team showed still a lot of composure, never panicked, and, and we keep doing what we had to do to, to dominate the game and, um, and the right to win the game. Newcastle United are now second in the table thanks to a 3-0 success at Leicester. It was a sixth successive league win for the side managed by Eddie Howe. We didn't underestimate Leicester at all. We knew coming here, a team really in, in really good form, we knew we had to be very good. But we do believe that we have good players and um, we have a way of playing at the moment that the, the players really believe in. So started really well. Um, yeah, couldn't have gone any better really today. Liverpool were also winners away from home, 3-1 at Aston Villa. Despite the setback, though, with Unai Emery's winning start coming to an end, the Villa boss believes there are still reasons to be optimistic. I think uh, playing like that, we can create more chances and, uh, and we we have to control more their transition, but against uh, Liverpool is, is being difficult. And uh, I can be a little bit uh, optimistic, but uh, really disappointed for the result. In the night's other matches, Fulham came away with a 3-0 win from nine-man Crystal Palace. They had Tarak Mitchell and James Thompson. Tompkins sent off. Southampton, Southampton boss Nathan Jones lost his first home game in charge. They were beaten 3-1 by Brighton. Southampton are now bottom of the Premier League table after Wolves scored a goal in added time in winning 2-1 at Everton. The only Premier League draw of the day came at Brentford, where it finished 2-2 between Bent- Brentford and the Spurs. And to end the news, our top stories once again, the mainland will stop requiring inbound travelers to go into quarantine from January the 8th. Ukraine's president says nearly 10 million people still have no electricity and dozens of people have died as a result of extreme weather conditions in the United States. That's the news, sports and weather from RTHK. Thanks, Andrew. Good afternoon, this is The Brew with James Ross through until 2.
B-52s and roam around the world. We're going to be roaming over to Watakani, or Wakatani perhaps, in New Zealand. Looking at Christmas, Kiwi style, how they're celebrating down there with memories.